In today's world, we are increasingly dependent on technology. Our business and personal lives rely on it, but as you've probably noticed, it's unreliable. They promise it'll get better, but it usually gets worse. Our computers are slow, so we end up squinting at smartphones and tablets. We live in constant fear that something's going to happen to our personal data. So we're scared into paying for fake protection that proves useless when disaster strikes. Update attacks, fake Wi-Fi, cloud control, and other industry scandals are designed to keep the money flowing. The jokers we pay to fix our stuff have no clue what they're doing, so they do a virus scan and then wipe out our precious photos. Intelligent, successful people feel intimidated by the chaos and think it's somehow their fault. If they only knew what the industry was doing to them, they'd get torches and pitchforks. If only we had someone to explain it all in plain English so we can start protecting ourselves. Oh wait, we do! It's the Computer Exorcist Podcast with your host, Mark Anthony Arena. From the Wallace Memorial Microphone in my home office somewhere in western New York, it's the Computer Exorcist Podcast. It's still January 2023, and we're coming in hot, and I'm ready to do some articles. Um, My name is Mark Anthony Arena, your Computer Exorcist. You can find out more about me by visiting thecomputerexorcist.com, and you can sign up for my quarterly spam, and you can buy products that I trust and recommend, and you can buy my book, and you can do all sorts of things at my website, thecomputerexorcist.com. We're doing articles today, but um, this is a very special article here. Um, it I, I wrote a note on this one in my briefcase that said I need to do this for one of the debut episodes of, of my new podcast here, because it so uh, well summarizes what I'm going for here. It, it so well summarizes this industry and what I've been warning people about for the past decade on my prior show and in my work. It talks about this industry and how they have a death grip on society. They set up a world of convenience where, where people step in and, oh yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sign up for this because they, they dangled this, this free thing in front of me and then all of a sudden they control everything in your life. Society is just now starting, starting to realize the death grip that the big tech has on society. They're just starting to realize it. And this article talks about the things it's starting to talk about the things that I've been talking about for so long. So I figure before we get into our usual run-of-the-mill articles, I wanted to do this one today. This is gizmodo.com. I blocked Amazon, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, and Apple. That's the name of this article. Reporter Kashmir Hill spent six weeks blocking Amazon, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, and Apple from getting her money, data, and attention. Here's what happened. 
A couple of months ago, I set out to answer the question of whether it's possible to avoid the tech giants. Over the course of five weeks, I blocked them one at a time to find out how to live in the modern age without each one. To end my experiment, I'm going to see if I can survive by blocking all five at once. Not only am I boycotting their products, uh, but a technologist named Dhruv uh, Meroda designed a special network tool that prevents my devices from communicating with the tech giant's servers, meaning that ads and analytics from Google won't work, Facebook can't track me across the internet, and websites hosted by Amazon Web Services, or AWS, won't load. So what what she's doing here is she's refusing not only to do business with Amazon, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Apple, but she's also refusing to do business with websites that do business with them. All right. I've spent the past 10, 15 years helping people get away from big tech and getting them onto alternatives. So I'm wholeheartedly uh, in support of this, but... She's gone a bit far because you can't refuse to do business with people that do business with big tech because that's just about everybody, right? Okay, let's say I'm a water vegan and I don't believe in water. Okay, I can stop drinking water. That's fine. But for me to refuse to do business with anyone who drinks water, well, that's everybody, right? So that's that's limiting yourself too much, right? You got to go one step at a time. If each of us starts by limiting what we do with big tech, then eventually, eventually you'll have people out there that you can go to who don't, who don't do business with big tech, right? But it starts with me. It starts with us individually, right? Just like recycling. That, that was a big thing where it started with each of us. Recycling takes each of us. So, I, I'm really in favor of this idea, but I think she's going too far uh, and limiting herself because it'll be near impossible to, to stop doing business with anyone who does business with those. Okay, does that make sense? Anyway, she goes on. I am using a Linux laptop made by a company called Purism and a Nokia feature phone um, so that she doesn't have to use a smartphone from Apple or Google. Look... There are smartphones now. You can get them from... Sailfish is one, um, where it's a non-Apple, non-Google platform. There's also Tizen, non-Apple, non-Google, right? So they're, they're coming. They're available. And she mentions later that they're just not commercially available yet. But she could have done better than just buying a flip phone. She says, I needed a lot of stuff to replace my usual tech giant devices. I don't think I could have done this cold turkey. I needed to wean myself off of various services. The tech giant, of course. I mean, that's what I did with Facebook. You can't just stop using Facebook cold turkey. It's really pretty impossible. You just, I, I go, I w went down to weekly and then I did monthly. And now I go on maybe monthly just to check in with my loved ones, right? The tech giants, while troubling in their accumulation of data, power, and societal control, do offer services that make our lives easier. Mm-hmm. For example, I realized I don't know how to get in touch with people without the tech giants. Google, Apple, and Facebook were my Rolodex. Well, that's simple. I mean, some of these people are so far deep into this stuff that it's difficult. Like, I personally, I keep everything in my own... I mean, yes, it's a Google contact list, but it's easily exportable. Um, but a lot of these people, especially those useless millennials, they can't figure out how to do anything without their cloud accounts. They can't function. 
Um, I taught my baby nephew, who's seven, how to dial a real telephone the other day, and I said, you memorize someone's phone number, you press the buttons for the number, and all of a sudden they say hello, and he was amazed, and he, he wanted to call his dad, and he, he was amazed when he answered. Um, so she says, I export all my contacts from Google, which uh, is about 8,000 people. I also have whittled down the, the contacts in my iPhone from 1,500 down to 143 people, which is the number of people I actually talk to, which is incredibly close to Dunbar's number. I'm guessing Dunbar's number is like the number of people you actually have the capacity to care about, something like that. I wind up placing a lot of phone calls in the week because texting is so annoying on this feature flip phone. I find often people pick up the phone immediately out of concern because they're not used to getting calls, right? If you think about it, uh, how often do you get a phone call anymore? Usually when my dad calls, I just pick up and I go, who died? Because uh, usually I'll get a text from most people. Um, yeah. <clears throat> On the first day of the block, I drive to work in silence because my Ford Fusion's sync system is powered by Microsoft. Well, <laughs> even if... <laughs> Even if you, you weren't trying to block yourself from technology, even if you wanted to use it, most of the time it doesn't work because it's a Microsoft product. Um, matter of fact, one of the descendants of Henry Ford, one of the heirs of Ford, uh, was driving around in a, in a Ford vehicle, and this Microsoft sync head unit that plays music and whatever kept crashing and didn't do anything, and he punched the thing and shattered the screen. <sighs> Um, background noise disappears because YouTube, Apple Music, and Amazon Echo are all banned. Well, apparently she's never heard of a real MP3 player. Look, I I'm not doing any kind of social experiment, right? I just live my life, but I, I don't depend on YouTube and Apple Music and all that. I mean, A, she could have used Spotify. Uh, B, she could have just downloaded real MP3s, uh, ripped them from CDs, and put them on a real MP3 player or real thumb drive. There's plenty of ways, luckily, luckily, thank goodness, luckily, there are still plenty of ways to get your music in your car without depending on big tech, right? So a lot of the stuff you do have, you are in a pickle, because there are, it is difficult to replace big tech. But in this case, it's not hard. You just get an MP3 player and get a real thumb drive, okay? Many of these things are a lot more challenging, such as when I record an interview with my friend Alex. We would normally use Skype, but that's on my Microsoft, so instead we talk by phone and I record on my end with a Zoom recorder. Well, she could have just used Zoom on the computer, okay? Or CleanFeed, or billions of other alternatives, right? It's certainly admirable that she gave up all this technology, but she didn't bother doing her research on alternatives first. I have little documents uh, in my computer that where I call them auditions, right? Where I audition alternatives to Dropbox, alternatives to Skype, alternatives to whatever it is, especially GoDaddy, heaven forbid, um, alternatives to that. <clears throat> so if you do your research, they are out there. And again, some of them might do business themselves with big tech, but you gotta start somewhere, okay? Even DuckDuckGo, which I love, they get most of their search results from Yahoo, and of course they have to scrub them because Yahoo search results are mostly filthy scams. But you gotta start somewhere, right? I support Duck, because as time goes on, they're becoming more and more independent. You gotta support stuff like that. You can't be so hard on yourself that you limit yourself, okay? <clears throat> 
that worked, but when it comes time to send the audio recording to my friend Alex, I realized I had no idea how to send a huge file over the internet. My Gmail alternatives, like ProtonMail and RiseUp, tell me the file is too big because they can only do 25 megabytes. Okay, yeah, every email service on Earth is limited to 25 megabytes because all of them agreed on that, and that's okay. Uh, it's interoperable. I can't use Dropbox because it's hosted by Amazon and relies on Google for sign-in. Okay, number one, shame on Dropbox. They're a big enough company where they could do their own hosting for their own cloud stuff. They don't have to rely on Amazon. I could see if you're a small business and you're just starting out and you were on to rely on Amazon for server hosting. Cool. Because uh, it's 10 bucks a month starting at whatever, and that's really cool. I did it for a little while, and it was cool for my tiny project. That really didn't matter, but... But for a company to depend on Amazon, that's what happened, by the way. I think it was Parler, I want to say, where they said things that Amazon didn't agree with. So because they were conservative or whatever the case was, Amazon decided to destroy them and shut down their account. So their whole business relied on Amazon Web Services hosting. And Amazon just said, you know what? We don't agree with your politics. Therefore, we're going to destroy you. And they crushed them and shut them down. So who knows, Amazon might roll the dice and say, hey, whoever you are out there, we don't like you, we're going to crush you. So first of all, shame on Dropbox for relying on them for their whole gosh darn company. I mean, single point of failure, anything, right? You, you don't want to rely on anything and put your business, all your eggs in one basket and put your, your business in the, in the arms of, of anything like that, okay? Second of all, she says Dropbox relied on Google for sign-in. That's not true. Um, you can sign into Dropbox with a real email address. Um, but Google lately has been viciously attacking people on a lot of these websites where you try to log into the website and Google says, why don't you log in with your Google account? Yeah, then we can control it all. And of course, they'll control all your logins. So it's very, very nefarious. Watch out for that because they've been popping up viciously. Whenever you try to log into any random site, Google will pop up and interrupt an attack. Okay, she says, other file sharing sites also rely on a tech giants. Okay, fine. So I have a list. I auditioned alternatives to Dropbox. I have a list of them that don't rely on big tech. Um, for example, Mega, which is owned by Kim.com, that guy who's very much a rebel. And he, he I highly doubt he's going to rely on big tech because he's very much a rebel. So you can share files that way. Um, again, she just didn't, I get it, she's a journalist, she's not a techie, and she reaches out to her techie friends here and there, but she should have reached out to me, because I have plenty of answers for her. The other thing she could have done is started her own website. You know, heaven forbid, don't ever touch GoDaddy forever and ever, amen, because they have absolute zero security. Every client I have ever had who has GoDaddy has been hacked. But anyway, any web host that's not GoDaddy is safe. And you can sign up. There's Bluehost, Namecheap. My favorites are Star Nova and Blue Tie. Um, plenty of them for 100 bucks a year. She can get her own website. And and even if she just wanted to use it to share files with people, just upload it to your own thing. It's not Google. That's what I do. I have Star Nova, and I love him, and I recommend him to everyone. And I have my own real website with them. I have my own real business email, and Google's not involved. So she says, I call up my tech freedom guru, my friend Sean. He directs me to send.firefox.com, file sharing service operated by Firefox, but it uses Google Cloud, so it won't load. Okay, again, 
Shame on Firefox for relying on Google Cloud. But also, her friend doesn't realize there are billions of alternatives out there, such as Mega or starting your own site. Um, then he sends her to share.riseup.net, but it only works for files uh, up to 50 megabytes. In other words, it's utterly pointless and useless, and they should never use it. Then he recommends she use Onion Share. Um, and her friend Micah says go to Onion Share. But, of course, Micah says, oh, never mind, Onion Share is hosted by AWS. Okay? So, again, I mean, two things here. Shame on Onion Share for relying on AWS. But also, she's going too far because she could use all sorts of alternatives to Google, right? You have to pick your battles, right? There are plenty of times when I will use something like Apple or Yahoo if it means getting rid of Microsoft. So, so start with your priority, right? The world's priority, humanity's priority should be the eradication of Microsoft, because they are extremely, extremely incompetent. They are the epitome of incompetence, okay? Um, and they are the epitome of all of the fear and all of the security breaches. All of the fear on planet Earth today is because of the extreme incompetence of Microsoft. So, you know, maybe we should pick our battles and just focus on eliminating one of these guys at a time. <sighs> anyway... Amazon's most profitable business is not retail. It's actually web hosting. Countless apps and websites rely on them. Um, and I'm actually learning from this article. I thought it was just small businesses, but apparently these big businesses, again, are, are foolishly relying on Amazon. Uh, my buddy Chris actually told me this around 2013, that Amazon's web services is where they, they're starting to make most of their money. So even back then, it was, it was becoming a juggernaut. So her friend Micah suggests that she go to GitHub, uh, but that's owned by Microsoft. That I didn't actually know. Uh, he says you can download the OnionShare program directly from his server. Okay, fine. I'm able to run OnionShare, drop my files into it, creating a temporary Onion site. And then I send the URL for the Onion site to Alex so he can download it via the Tor browser. And then once he downloads it, I have to tell OnionShare to stop sharing. Okay, so Onion and Tor and all that, that's dark web stuff. She shouldn't have to go that far. She shouldn't have to go to that extreme, right? The dark web stuff is where people sell each other's identities and their naked pictures and pirated software and all sorts of stuff. I mean, sure, there's reasons for privacy, but yeah, this stuff, like when people ask me, oh, should I use Tor and Onion? No, you're going too far. So she went way too far here. She should have just used Mega or one of the many, many, many alternatives to Dropbox or gotten her own real website. It's a nice summation of what online tasks are like this week. There are workarounds for services offered by tech giants, but they take extra research to find and are more difficult to use. Okay, I wind up in strange parts of the internet using Ask.com as my search engine after I get rid of Google and realize DuckDuckGo is hosted by Amazon AWS. All right, look, Ask.com is malware, okay? It's a hideous, hideous thing. In the 90s, it was called Ask Jeeves, and it was a normal competitor to Yahoo and Alta Vista, if you remember them. But at this point, Ask.com, over the past decade, has just been this filthy, rotten purveyor of, of a legalized virus called a toolbar, where they hijack your computer, they hijack the browser mainly, and they record all of your behavior, they hijack your searches, you think you're on Google, but instead they put an imposter page and they steal all your searches and give you inferior results. Um, 
and that's the deal with ask.com. So she really should avoid them. Again, I prefer Duck, and so what if Duck is relying on Yahoo and Amazon right now? you got to start somewhere, okay? you got to start somewhere because the whole point here is to help things like Duck grow. So she says, ask.com uh, is part of IAC, the media and dating company behemoth. I've just traded one huge corporation for another, less competent one, okay? Well, again, she should have just stuck with Google. There's also Start Page, which, yes, they get the results from Google, but they bleach them, right? But she probably doesn't want to do that because they shook hands with someone at Google one time at a party, so she can't use them. Uh, She says, I'm planning a trip to South Africa, and I wind up in charming conversations with the travel agents. It's more costly and less efficient to book with a travel agency, but it's the, the travel agency websites aren't working, probably because, of course, they rely on big tech. Something not delightful is my Nokia phone's camera. It takes terrible dark photos. I have an old Canon point-and-shoot digital camera, but I don't take many pictures this week without Facebook and Instagram because I don't have anywhere to share them. Well, first of all, your Nokia flip phone can't plop things on Facebook and Instagram. Second of all, the Canon point-and-shoot is incredible. I had one at a, well, I worked at a place that used one back in 2008, and they were phenomenal. I've never seen such great quality. My cousin had one. She took a picture of me back in 09. Phenomenal quality. I, I still want one, actually. I should go look for one. The Canon handheld point-and-shoot real digital cameras are great. And by the way, I love handheld real digital cameras because they're not connected to any filthy, rotten, cloud-stealing accounts. Anyway, so she says, I don't have Facebook and Instagram, so so I don't know what to do with my life. I'm clueless. I don't have anyone to share it with. Look, Mark Arena, I take plenty of pictures all the time, and I just send them directly to my loved ones through texting or email. That's all I do. I don't ever upload photos anymore to Facebook. I've never touched Instagram. I don't use any of that garbage. So she says, sometimes I just can't find a digital replacement for things. I pay our babysitter in cash. Good. Everyone should use cash or gold coins at all times. No one should use any of this garbage. I start using a physical calendar when it comes to getting around. Uh, All right, so look. Physical calendar. There's billions of alternatives here. Like Team Up and Any.Do and Blue Tie and a couple small paid CalDev servers that are out there. There's plenty of places that'll do an online calendar. I mean, I get it. I love paper, and I recommend you use paper for everything, but um, you don't have to do a physical paper calendar if you don't want to. There are online alternatives, right? When it comes to getting around, Marble Maps is an option, but I end up buying a physical map. Or she could just go to Goodwill and get a little GPS, you know, with a little suction cup for your windshield, for 10 bucks. And honestly, I should have done that years ago because I I jerry-rigged an iPod Touch and I had to jailbreak it so that it worshipped an external GPS receiver and I plopped a a Maps app on there and I could have just gotten a little handheld GPS appliance device years ago instead of making my own life complicated. Uh, Yeah, and now I I get GPS devices all the time, those little windshield units uh, from people. And I'm like, oh, this is beautiful and useful, but I end up just selling them on eBay. So yeah, she could have just done a real GPS unit with a suction cup. It's funny because Nokia used to have amazing navigation, but then they sold themselves to Microsoft. My... Nokia might be made by Microsoft. Uh Uh-oh. Well, it turns out Microsoft did buy Nokia's mobile devices uh, division for $7.2 billion in 2014. 
Uh, and back then, Microsoft spent billions in Scandinavia. It was around that same time they bought Nokia, destroyed them. They bought Skype, destroyed them. They bought Minecraft, and they kind of sort of left them alone, I guess. But but those three big businesses, they spent multiple billions on, and they were all from Scandinavia, so I thought that was funny. Um, so M- Microsoft ended up selling Nokia's feature phone assets two years later for a painful write-down of $350 million. Because, again, they destroy everything they touch. Um, They ended up selling it to Foxconn, uh, which also manufactures the iPhone, and to HMD Global, which is a Finnish firm that is helmed by a former Nokia exec. So that's cool. Um, HMD Global. Most Nokia phones are now Android smartphones. Because, again, no one in this industry, by the way, is original. It's, It's really... The onus is on these product creators, Okay, this is my take on it here. It's just, oh, well, I mean, Nokia had their own original OS. They had their own fan base. They had their own a lot of things. But now they just decided, okay, well, we have nothing original anymore, so we'll just do... We'll just do Android, right? Same thing with BlackBerry. Like, I'm glad BlackBerry came out with a couple keyboard phones again, but they're like, well, we have nothing original, so we'll just use Android. Maybe Nokia and BlackBerry should have teamed up or something to use something else. They could have taken a risk and and done Sailfish or TZen phones or something. Anyway, I'll I'll talk more on that later. But basically, again, a lot of this is the fault of the scumbag developers in these companies. I'm unoriginal. I heard Amazon was good, so we'll just depend on them. Yeah, they're big. I like big. We can depend on them. Nothing will go wrong, will it? Right? Whenever I do a project in my business, again, I do auditions. I audition anything I do. Uh, whether it's online training platforms or even calendars, whatever I do, I go out there on day one trying to find something that's not big tech. And I audition all sorts of alternatives. And these companies should be doing that too, right? We talked about Dropbox earlier and DuckDuckGo and Nokia, and they should be looking for alternatives. (sighs) Anyway, she calls HMD Global's Hong Kong-based chief product officer, uh, Yuho Sarvikas. And he, he tells me the company thought the core market for classic phones would be Asia and Africa, where smartphones are less prevalent. But he says the devices have done surprisingly well in America. Good, because not everyone wants this garbage. I always tell people, especially my seniors, go to consumer cellular or track phone and get a flip phone, right? You don't need this stuff just because the scumbag at the Verizon store is drooling and trying to put you into a thousand dollar two thousand dollar smartphone that you're never going to operate that complexifies itself it actually makes itself more complex every week just instead of doing all that just get a simple phone okay think about one of these nokia phones she says so these nokia phones are the nicotine patch for smartphone addiction and he laughs and says i've never put it that way before but yes She says, I'd assume these phones were for parents who wanted their kids to have phones without social media and apps. And he says, yeah, that too. So this is very important. She says, many people I talk to liken it to digital veganism. And I want to start using this term, right? One of the reasons I wanted to talk to you guys about this article is because I want to start using the term digital veganism. I've been doing this, again, for the past 10 years. I've been not only for myself, but I've been helping my clients avoid big tech protect themselves from the control and the arbitrary stonewalling, right? I, I had a little online store where I would point people to items on Amazon that I recommended, 
And one day, Apple just, uh, sorry, Amazon just said, you know what? Sorry, too bad for you. Shame on you, Stonewall. We're done with you. You're torpedoed. You're canceled. And I, I replied and I said, what did I do? And he just said, sorry, too bad. Shame on you. This decision is final. Who do you think you are? Right? Um, the stonewalling, the cloud stonewalling um, is another reason why you should avoid big tech at all costs. Because, again, they can torpedo you and you have no recourse. Okay, if, if you're a, a, a tenant and you have a, a landlord, you could get away with not paying your rent for years. And if your landlord tries to harass you, you have plenty of recourse with different government agencies. But with, with the cloud, you have no recourse ever whatsoever. Shame on you because they are a monopoly in their own little niches. Each one is a monopoly. They've carved up the world. They have carved up the world, and each one is a monopoly in its own way. Microsoft is a monopoly on desktop PCs, and Apple is a monopoly with phones and brutality. Uh, Google is a monopoly with, with search, and so on and so forth. Anyway, so I've been helping clients become digitally vegan for a very long time. I just didn't know that term. Okay, so for myself and for clients, I've been doing that for a long time. Digital vegans reject certain technology services as unethical. They discriminate against the products they use and the data they consume and share because information is power. And increasingly, a handful of companies seem to have all the power. Right? And same thing with HP. HP products are absolutely unethical because they fall to pieces right away. They spec out the lowest quality components and materials so that the product dies right away. With Apple, they use physical quality, that's there, but they design these products so that you're not allowed to use them after a certain update. So all of a sudden, the things you know and love aren't allowed to run on that product anymore. And most of these smartphones, you're not allowed to even activate them on day one without them begging permission from the factory to exist. That's the lack of ethics. And that, she doesn't understand this, this author, about how all these products are controlled by the factories. I don't care if it's big tech or little tech or whatever. These products are controlled by the factory. Right? Sonos. That's not big tech. It's a small, stupid garbage company. But their products are controlled by the factory. Okay? He refers to joining social media networks as bait that lures people into surveillance traps, okay? Um, we are actually, this article, uh, we're going to finish this article next time uh, because it's, it's a big, beautiful, fascinating article, and it, and it goes on for a little more time here. So we're going to call it a day. Um, hopefully that's a nice cliffhanger for you. Uh, and we'll come back next time and finish this article next week on the Computer Exorcist podcast. Make sure you go to my site and sign up for my quarterly spam at thecomputerexorcist.com. Go to my recommendations page and support any of the uh, people who support me so that I can keep doing this show. And, of course, tell your friends about the show. My name is Mark Anthony Arena. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.